0: Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In today's Gospel, it's probably one of the most difficult passages for us to understand. Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. Now that is a statement of Jesus that tells who he is and what his mission is all about. Now, after Vatican II, our church had a tendency to play down the fiercer aspects of God. Now, don't get me wrong. God is all-loving, and he is rich in kindness and mercy. But whether we like it or not, the biblical perspective of God is also one of fierce and judgmental, now, when we hear that word judgment, we don't like it. It's a hard language for us to agree to. Why? Because in present day, we live in a culture where we don't like to judge others or to be judged by others. We have the attitude of, hey, you do whatever you want to each his own. Whatever lifestyle you've agreed to or living by, who am I to judge you? Well, that may be okay for our current culture but not in the biblical perspective of God. God is judgment. We see that in this passage, as well as other passages in the Gospels. For example, Jesus, when he tells us the story of separating the lambs from the goats, the lambs will go on the right and the goats will go on the left. Now, should we be afraid of this language? No. In fact, just the opposite. I would argue we should be happy, even excited. Now, notice Jesus continues on, and he says, Do you think I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. A father will be divided against his son and a son against his father, a mother against her daughter and a daughter against her mother. Now, it appears that Jesus is set out to divide us all, worse yet, to divide our families, That doesn't sound like the Prince of Peace talking, but it is. So, what do we make of this, these conflicting images of Jesus? And how do we resolve this dilemma? Well, you have to ask a question. What does Jesus' love look like in a world that has gone wrong due to sin? What does God's love look like in a world that has become dysfunctional because of sin? Now, realize God is the embodiment of love itself and never changes. God's love is always consistent, that never weakens, never bends, never is taken away from us. God's love is always constant for us all and always has been, always will be. And so it raises the question, how do we perceive God's love? Well, we perceive God's love according to a fallen world due to sin. Now, I think it's important for us to turn to St. Thomas Aquinas. I think he gives us the best way to understand this gospel passage for this weekend. St. Thomas Aquinas said, Whatever is received is received according to the capacity of the recipient. I'll say that again. Whatever is received is received according to the capacity of the recipient. I'll give you an example. Say you love Shakespeare. You love Shakespeare's poems and his plays. you even love to quote from him. Well, you also have a three-year-old child, a girl or a boy. And one day, this child walks into the living room where you are. Well, you start quoting Shakespeare to your child. Well, this child is listening to you all along, and suddenly they become confused and they walk out of the room. Now, from your perception, you'll say, well, my son or daughter, they don't appreciate Shakespeare. But that's not the reality. That child doesn't have the capacity to understand Shakespeare or the quotes that you may be saying, let alone the love that you have for Shakespeare. Now take that and apply it to the gospel for this weekend. God's love is always the same. It never changes for us. But when it breaks into our consciousness, based upon how well we're doing in the spiritual life, it'll be perceived in different ways. What's the implication? If we're doing well in the spiritual life, we're praying every day or coming to Mass every week, then our perception of God's love is gentle and compassionate and merciful. But if we're not doing well in the spiritual life, then yes, God's love is perceived to be harsh and judgmental. give you another example. Say you're having a bad day. You're in a grouchy mood. Well, what's the worst person to be around? Not a fellow grouch, because misery loves company. But the most obnoxious person to be around is a person that is in a good mood, a person that is full of cheer. If we're in a grouchy mood, we would perceive this person that is full of cheer as objectively obnoxious. And yet, that's not the reality. Instead, this person is filled with a very pleasant disposition, and yet we perceive it according to the capacity of how we're feeling at that time. Again, whatever we receive is received by the capacity of the recipient. G.K. Chesterton once said, We're all in the same boat, and we're all seasick. Well, that's the effect of original sin. Look at Jesus, his ministry, and his life. When Jesus comes into this world, some, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians, the religious establishment of that time, they perceive Jesus as a troublemaker, an agitator, a boat rocker. These very people perceive Jesus Christ in this way. Why? Because they want to maintain that dysfunctional world. What does Jesus want to do? Change it, and change it for the better. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, want to maintain the old order, the old order that was governed by sin and death, in which they controlled and had power over. That's why they perceived Jesus as a troublemaker and a threat. Now, we have to realize, Jesus does not come into this world to cause division or chaos in our life, but it can be perceived that way by others, and in that way, it can be perceived as harsh, especially for people that don't welcome Christ into their life. See, what we have to understand is in this gospel, we see God's great passion to set all things right, things that have gone bad because of sin. God wants to restore the relationship we once had before the fall of grace. Go back to the story of creation in Genesis It said, Before the fall of grace, God walked in easy fellowship with Adam and Eve in the cool evening of the garden. See, that's what God wants for each and every one of us. Fellowship, a right relationship with God, now and always. Now, with that in mind, go back into the gospel. When Jesus says he is going to divide households, what does he really mean? Well, he wants to break up the dysfunctional part of our world that has been affected by sin. Jesus wants to make sure the world no longer governed by sin and death exists. It is going to pass away. What is a call for? For Jesus to break it up, to create a new order that is based upon peace and love and the promise of salvation. Again, Thomas Aquinas, whatever is received is received by the capacity of the recipient. I'll give you another great example. Say you love golf. You play golf all the time throughout the summer. And yet, throughout the years, you've kind of picked up on a peculiar swing. It feels comfortable for you, and so you keep swinging the clubs that way. Now, a good golf teacher sees how you swing the clubs. Now, he doesn't compliment you, but instead he starts coaching you. He says to you, well, make sure your feet are aligned and make sure your shoulders are square to the ball. Is he trying to hurt you? No. He's doing what he's supposed to do, being a good teacher and making you a better player. Now at first, you start swinging the club you know, in the way he wants you to and it feels uncomfortable and unpleasant and you don't want to do it. But you keep on, and you keep swinging that club the way he tells you to. And then, after a while, you find out you're hitting the ball straighter and longer than you used to. And now you're a better player for that. Well, that's what Jesus is trying to do with us. When Jesus says he's come to set the world on fire, he doesn't enjoy seeing us suffer. Instead, he wants to take away or correct All those things that are opposed to God and God's will. That's why there's no contradiction between God's gentleness and his fierceness in the Gospels. There's no contradiction between the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. And see, therein lies the heart of the message for this weekend. If we are in a good spiritual health, if we are practicing our faith every day, then we receive God's love as being gentle and merciful and compassionate. But if our spiritual life is off kilter, if something else is at the center of our life rather than Jesus, whether it's fame, fortune, power, notoriety, then we will perceive God's love as being harsh and judgmental. One last thing to think about. Turn to the second reading from Hebrews. The author says what? Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ, our leader and perfector of faith. If we stay fixated on Jesus Christ's presence in our life, then we'll always have good spiritual health, and we will always receive God's love as being gentle, compassionate, and always merciful and kind to us now and each and every day of our life for the rest of eternity. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.